Fimble Winter Part 2 Whispers in the Water There were no boys Ariel's age in the small town of Glasnost. There were no boys, no matter how much she swore she saw Wiz. So, there were no boys, at least not that the rest of the town could see. Devastated that she was the only one able to speak with him, she kept her friend to herself, a friend that the rest of the villagers called imaginary. But Wiz told her not to worry, and simply meant that he was her little secret. Glasnost might have been the sole haven in the cold, white desert of Fimble Winter. Some even called it cozy. It was a home for the weary, blanketed by snow and hidden between a forest on the left and a mountain on the right, which shielded the town from the wind. Ariel's own parents helped build each of the houses. They and the other villagers were determined to ensure that the lives they experienced would not be the life that they passed on. But few lives are complete without childhood friends and Wiz, Ariel found hers. Wiz could be found down in the river at any time. However, he could not leave the river because he was an apparition, an afterimage in the water. Regardless of appearing as a rippling reflection, he was charming. He made Ariel laugh, a noise uncommon in her quiet town. Year after year, she would notice a charm of him that she hadn't before. A twinkle in his eye from the sun or a white smile that looked like stone smoothed by the river herself. Winters were hard. With a winter that never ended, the burden rose with the snow. With age came responsibility. Conversation with her friend Wiz became less and less frequent. Yet somewhere in the night, she could hear him calling, faint but desperate, as if he held out a secret heavy enough to drown him. Ariel finished her braid and layered on her deep winter attire. She counted the layers and assured that all seals tightened to maintain warmth. Sweat crept on her lower back, her body acting as an oven against her clothes. Before she left the cottage, she stoked the house's heart, the flame in the center of the homes of Glasnost that provides warmth and light in the living area. The flame kept their lives on the edge of cold, a vague comfort, but comfort nonetheless. Perfect. I see you're ready to go out. Her father loomed in the doorway of his room, the flame flickering against his dark figure, revealing a gleam in his eye. Oh no, I was just going down to the... Ariel began. I was walking through the forest when I saw some knots fell apart against the snares in the trees. I think your tiny fingers will do better than mine. Rather, your fingers fall off from frostbite than my own. He gave her a pat on the back and walked past her. She gave an audible sigh, but he simply waved for her to follow. They traveled down the slopes of the town all the way to the forest. Ariel walked, listening to her father whistle freely, letting the tune carry up and down as it pleased. Or maybe it was the wind trying to find its pitch. They reached the trees that broke into the stars, a key source of their food. Atop the forest, the folk in the village created snares to trap the game in the sky. Ariel fastened a belt around the tree and then her waist and began to scale. At the peak, 
She turned her head from the loosened knots to the fruitless land. So barren, no one bothered to name it. Ariel still found beauty in it, though. Beauty that only youth can bring. To her, there was still the smell of the pines, sweet and earthy, like the smell of a warm earth sleeping deep beneath a white blanket. There was a glint of hope that burned bright in her. An ancient feeling that calls her home. Past the pines was her favorite sight. In the distance, a single gray castle resting on the side of the neighboring mountain. A soft glow came from the interior, making it seem transparent. How are the knots? Her father called from below. Almost done. She scaled back down, landing by her father with a satisfying thump in the snow. You're getting so tall and nimble, I can't keep up with you. It's not impressive when you're the youngest in the village. The father gave a small shrug. They walked in an accustomed silence. What is it? He asked. He saw the way her thoughts formed her face. Why do those in the village decide not to have children? Well, it's a hard decision to bring life into this world. They're scared. Well, what's there to fear? She asked. They walked further in silence, the village drawing closer. There used to be more children here. What happened to them? No one knows. One would disappear every few weeks, wander off. What do you think it was? I think something called them, he said. He looked at her, his eyes glaring down and his arms crossed. Ariel gave an innocent smile and watched as her father's lips curved upward until he broke out into a smile as well. Okay, you can go. Thank you, father. Be careful! Ariel ran off, leaving her parents in the snowfall. Why do you let her go by herself? Ariel's mother asked, her arms wrapped around for warmth. I want her to know that trust still exists. Frozen dew danced with specks of light as Ariel sat on a rock, gazing deeply into the flowing water. My father said there used to be children here. It's hard to imagine other people my age living here. Wiz's face reflected emotions in the waves. Curiosity rippled over his image. Well, what happened to them? He asked. He said something called to them. That they left and disappeared. Ariel looked up from the water into the distance of the white dead forest. Well, at least you have me, Wiz said. It would have been nice to have real friends, though, Ariel said lost in thought. What's that supposed to mean? Wiz's face crunched as it became blurry. I didn't mean anything by it, I just meant kids not stuck in water. Well, your father's probably lying anyway. Ariel looked down at Wiz. She couldn't tell which way his eyes were avoiding hers. Wiz, what is it? Tell me. The image of Wiz began to swirl. As focus came, water revealed her father talking to Jaeger, a neighbor of theirs. Jaeger, how are you? Ariel's father said, hugging his friend. A shine of true companionship to share one's warmth with one another. No different than the day before, Jaeger said. The two sat down. Jaeger staring voidly into the fire. It's been two years since your wife died, Ariel's father started, and 
And you think Ariel is of marrying age? Said Jaeger. Yes. I'm not going to be around forever. I'm much older than even you. I just want her to be safe. Have you discussed this with her yet? No. I'm not sure she would understand. Stop this, Wiz. Stop this prank. It's not a prank. He's been planning this for some time. Ariel quickly stood up from her spot, her heavy breaths suspended in the chill air. You're showing me this because you're mad at what I said. My father wouldn't give me off like that. Ariel, I, I didn't mean to hurt you. You can trust me. As the apparition said this, Ariel was already marching away. The little light the world was blessed with began to fade, and the cold that only a dark night brings fell upon them. The sky snares Ariel had fixed earlier flapped in the wind, empty. In the distance, the warm flames of the village brought her home. She stood outside her door. Her stomach lurched, and her heart raced. Finally, she entered. Ariel, welcome home. I was getting worried. Would you like some soup? Her mother asked with a smile. Her father sat at the table, soup chunks stuck in his beard. Ariel's body became less tense, as thoughts of ridiculousness washed over from her. She sat at the table with her family and began to eat. When they finished, her mother picked up the dishes and began to sing as she washed. It was an old tune, one that was sung to Ariel as a child. It was sweet, but had a somber aftertaste like a happy memory of a different life. Ariel and her father sat by the fire. I was talking to Jaeger earlier, her father said. Ariel held her breath but didn't look over. Ariel, you're growing up and I, I don't want to marry. Her father glanced at her mother. I know it's tough, her mother started, but you just hand me off like that? Jaeger's ages older than me. Ariel, let's calm down and talk it through, her father said. Wiz was right, Ariel murmured. You mean your imaginary friend? You're still seeing him? Where? Down in the river. He showed me you talking to Jaeger. Oh no, the father whispered, fear creeping on his face. He looked at his wife, speechless. I don't want you to go to that river anymore. Go to your room. Your mother and I need to talk. Ariel stood up and ran out. She ran down to the river, where she saw Wiz, his person, glowing in the water. I saw what happened. I'm sorry, said Wiz. They'll be coming back to look for you. I know. I have nowhere to run, said Ariel. You could come stay with me. <laughs> with you? In the river? No. This is a reflection of me. I live in the castle upstream. You can follow the lights in the river to me. She looked upstream and saw lights glowing in the river. She had never seen this kind of light. Why didn't you tell me this before? She asked. Wiz stared at her, his eyes like teardrops, and his mouth curved in a smile like a crescent moon. He began to speak, but in the distance, a voice echoed. Hurry, you don't have much time, he said. The glow cast soft colors of green, giving imitated life to the forest around them. Ariel held herself in that moment. It would be the first time she left the warm flame of her home. 
A voice yelled out for her in the distance again. I'm lost. Confused. I need a place to think, she said. Then come to me. I won't give you away. Before she gave him a second thought, she began upstream into the false light of the forest. She traveled steadily up the side of the Crescent Mountain, against the flow of the river. Her skin turned purple and her breathing became staggered. The glow of the light from the river gave some warmth, but cast shadows on the trees, making them come alive in sporadic flickers. Whispers came from Wiz. You're almost there. We'll be together soon. I'll never let you leave. You'll be warm soon. The dim light shone from the castle above her, the castle in the distance, the one she had dreamed about since she was a little girl. She walked up the steps and opened the doors, finally answering what had been calling in her head. She approached the grand wooden doors and reached out to knock, but before she could do so, the doors opened into an impenetrable darkness. She entered, fading into the castle. Wiz? She called out. Her footsteps echoed in the halls. At the end of the hallway, a light appeared not unlike that in the river. I'm back here, Ariel, he called out. As she walked closer, the light in the distance began to focus like a rippling reflection becoming still. He was tall, taller than Ariel by about a foot. His hair floated lightly, like it was in water, and a soft green glow surrounded his being. Ariel began to warm up again, as if she were next to a soft flame. I can't believe I finally get to see you. He said. Touch you. He grabbed her hands. When he touched her, his body rippled, her arms almost going through his own. What are you? Ariel asked nervously. In person, he seemed different, less trustworthy. A result of this world, he said. Come, I want to show you my castle. Flames burst in the corridors as he said this. Wiz became more solid in appearance with the new light supporting him. The likes of the castle had never been seen since the old world. Ariel walked in awe, looking at the heads of beasts foreign to this time, crests of royal blood gone dry, and the architecture of an old knowledge. She noticed that the flames only stayed lit as they walked by them, and that darkness was always behind them, and always lay ahead. Come in. I can't tell you how long I've waited to show you this. At the end of the hall, they entered a large room. It was empty except for an orb in the center, an orb which held the same light as Wiz. He looked at her and saw that she had not moved in all the way. What's wrong? Wiz asked. His loneliness had overshadowed his social awareness. I'm... I'm nervous and scared. I don't know what all of this is. I don't know what to do. She was on the verge of tears. I can help, Ariel. Just like I always have. Look, come closer. She entered the room. The doors closed behind her automatically. It was completely dark aside from the glow of whiz in the orb. Suddenly the orb shimmered, lighting up the room. There was a breeze, warm, unlike the killer chill of their world. And the ground became soft green grass lit by a sun that hadn't shone in ages. Wiz, what is this? She was bewildered, 
almost out of words at seeing a brighter version of the colors she had always known. It's all yours, if you stay here with me, Wiz said. His eyes never left her. She looked over at him. Stay? I can't stay here. I just needed a place to think. You needed a place to escape, and I gave it to you. I could come visit. The field disappeared, and all that remained was the light from the orb and the light that Wiz gave out, like a dying light in the end of a tunnel. Wiz, I'd like to leave now. His silence rang through the halls, a bell tolling. And you will. Come this instant, said a familiar voice. Ariel turned around to see her father in the room, holding a light. Father, I... Before she could finish her thought, her dad chained her arms together. Behind her stood Jaeger, staring at her lustfully. Listen to your father, Jaeger chuckled. Dad, no, what are you doing, please? Ariel pleaded, fighting with all her will. It seemed the harder she fought, the tighter the chains became. Wiz, help! She said with a desperation that gasped for air. Wiz stared soullessly back. His blank eyes glazed over. I can help you, but you have to stay. Okay, okay, I agree. Wiz smiled. Jaeger grabbed hold of Ariel and sniffed her neck. You've been in my dreams a long time, even when my wife was alive. If you want to stay here, you must give me your flame. Time seemed to slow as Wiz's words drew out longer and longer. I want your flame. Give me your flame. Voices came from each torch in the castle, a choir of doom calling down for her. The false apparitions of Jaeger and Ariel's father disappeared, but she paid no mind. Her eyes remained focused on the beating flame coming out of her heart, floating toward Wiz. That's right. Leave your fear with me. Ariel! Ariel! said her father's voices, a voice somewhere outside. Ariel began to blink awake. Wiz rushed to grab her flame. You're mine. You're supposed to be mine. Ariel jumped out of the way, knocking the orb over, revealing the path to the door. She ran out into the dark halls. As she ran, cruel apparitions rippled like mirages in the desert. Her father selling her to Jaeger, her mother hitting her while singing that soft, somber song. Her parents dead in the cold looking for her. Her fault. A burden. That's what she was. The flames flared at her disgusting being. As tears flowed down her cheeks. The mirages in the hallway gave no empathy. She made it to the front doors and opened them. Ariel. Her father embraced her. Oh goodness, I'm so sorry. Father. I. He. She choked. It's okay. I'm here. No, we need water. Ariel gathered aid from her town. One by one, the flames extinguished. For the parents of the lost children, there was peace. Each flame went out like a sigh of relief. The beacons of the past had faded, and the demons that kept them lit turned into a cold whisper, sometimes heard faintly in the wind. The castle never held the flames of those children ever again. <laughs>